If you're an author or plan to be one, get excited because this podcast is for you. Book Marketing Mentors is the only podcast dedicated to helping you successfully market and sell your book. If you're ready for empowering conversations with successful marketing mavens, then grab a coffee or tea and listen in to your host, international best-selling author, Susan Friedman. Welcome to Book Marketing Mentors, the weekly podcast where you learn proven strategies, tools, and ideas from the masters. Hi, I'm Susan Friedman, owner and founder of Aviva Publishing and host of this exciting podcast. Every week, I introduce you to a marketing master who will share their expertise and guidance to help you market and sell more books. Today, it's my pleasure to have as my book marketing mentor, Linda Hollander, author of the best-selling book, Corporate Sponsorship in Three Easy Steps, and founder of the International Association of Business Sponsorships. Linda is referred to by Inc. Magazine as the industry leader in corporate sponsorship and business success. So that's quite a title. She has over 20 years of experience as a business owner and consultant working to bring clients and sponsors together. These include Fortune 100 companies such as Microsoft, FedEx, Citibank, Mattel, Bank of America, Marriott, HealthNet, American Airlines, IBM, and Walmart, and the list goes on and on. So without further ado, Linda, I'm going to bring you on, and thank you for being this week's book marketing mentor. So welcome to the show. Ah, great to be here. So Linda, Let's start off with some very basic questions. And the first is, what exactly is sponsorship? And then, how can authors use it to market and sell their books? So, two pretty intense questions. So, I'll let you handle those. I know you Okay. Can. <laughs> well, first, let's do the definition of sponsorship because uh, my definition of sponsorship is connecting a company to people who buy things. There's an industry definition that's a whole lot more complicated, but that I like because that means that if you know people who buy stuff, then you can get sponsors. And the way you connect them, the sponsors with the people who buy things, is through your book, is through your book promotion, which uh, Susan is a master of teaching you, (laughs) and all the other touch points that you have with people. So as an author, it is really, really important to not just concentrate on your books and the, the content of the books, and we're going to assume that you have absolutely stellar content in your books that's going to help people, that's going to entertain people, that's going to touch people, that's going to, you know, make people think, and, and you know, they're changed after reading your book. So we're going to assume that that is the case. Now, what we want to concentrate on is the marketing and the promotion of your book. So hopefully as an author, you are always building your audience. You are always building your fan base because those are the people in your community that you can introduce sponsors to, and that is what they pay you for. So that is the definition of sponsorship. I love it. So let's look at how we can bring authors together with those companies so that they can market and obviously sell books, which is what they want to do. How do we do that? Okay. Well, like I said, the sponsors are interested in your book tour, in your book promotion. So, you know, really have a strategic plan. And, you know, I'm 
sure that Susan has taught you and all the other successful people who are experts in this particular field have said, while you're writing that book, boy, oh boy, make that marketing plan, make that promotion plan, really know how you are going to get the word out about that book. Because even if you have like a a big time New York publisher, and one of my books is with Random House, you know what, they really don't do much to promote you. It's usually up to the author to promote themselves, to get the speaking gigs, to sell the books. So have your marketing plan in place. And just because you do a marketing plan doesn't mean that you don't need an eraser to always change it, always adjust it. So here is an author is how you can start getting your sponsors. I'm going to give you kind of a three-step process to start getting your sponsors. Number one is I want you to make what we call the sponsor wish list. And the sponsor wish list is the companies that can sponsor you, the companies that you would like to work with and you would like to have fund you. And I want you to make your sponsor list kind of robust because what a lot of people do when they start making lists of prospective sponsors is they think of what they call the love marks. And the love marks are the brands that you use, the brands that you already recommend to people. So I want you to go a little bit beyond that. And usually they'll list, you know, maybe 20 companies or under. So I want you to go a little bit deeper because instead of just listing what we call the top tier sponsors, which are the sponsors that are top of mind, and in my intro, Susan read to you some of the sponsors that I work with, Microsoft, FedEx, Staples, HealthNet Insurance, American Airlines, Epson, the printer company, you know, Walmart. So those are top tiers. But I want you to go down also to what we call the second tiers when you're making your list of prospective sponsors. So the second tiers, let's just take that banking category. Love banks. Always have banks on your sponsor list. So I've worked with Bank of America, Citibank, and Wells Fargo. So those are top tier banks. But there may be a local community bank where you live, or there may be some other uh, kind of boutique banks such as First Bank or Ally Bank, which is only on the Internet. They cater to small business owners. So kind of expand it to top-tier and second-tier companies. So that is number one, is you do your sponsor wish list. Number two is you need to get a sponsor proposal done. And the sponsor proposal is different from your business plan. It is different from your book proposal. Because the sponsor proposal basically tells the sponsor what are the benefits for them, what is your mission statement, what are your demographics. And in sponsorship, demographics are destiny. So it tells the sponsor who is in your audience. Is it entrepreneurs? Is it the youth market? Is it uh, parents? Is it uh, the cultural creatives, the people who are into personal development? Is it accountants? Is it attorneys? So you want to tell them who's in your audience. So those are the kinds of things that go into the sponsor proposal. It's usually about 10 pages And the sponsor proposal needs to be industry standard or you will not get funded. So that's number two is you have to do a very professional industry standard sponsor proposal. And then number three is you negotiate the deals with your sponsor. Now, what we suggest is that you have a one-year contract with your sponsor with the option to renew, meaning if they like working with you, uh, they'll, you know, fund you for this year and then the next year. And it's absolutely magical. It's a game changer because it's cool to know that that revenue is coming in from your sponsor's my clients have gotten multi-year contracts with Verizon, Black & Decker, and Dole Foods, and I've had multi-year contracts with Citibank and FedEx. 
So it can happen, and it's wonderful. And I will also tell you how much money you can make with sponsorships because you're probably wondering about that. So most of my clients get between $10,000 and $100,000 from each sponsor, and there is no limit to the amount of sponsors that you can have. So this can be quite lucrative. So one of the things is, this is fabulous stuff. Fabulous, Linda. Thank you. What jumps out at me, of course, is this 10-page sponsor proposal, which probably is a little scary when you think about it. How is there, when you say it's an industry standard proposal, is this something, I know that you have that and I know you have a lot of information in your book, Corporate Sponsorship, uh, in Three Easy Steps. Where else could we find this kind of a proposal? Okay. Well, you could go on the internet and just kind of search other uh, what we call properties because you could write that down. That's the only piece of vocabulary I'm going to give you today because what you have now, it's called a property. So a book can be a property, a business can be a property, an event could be a property, a person could be a property. Uh, celebrity chef Rachel Ray, she's a property. She's sponsored by Nabisco. So a charity could be a property. So you have your property. So look around at what other properties that have sponsors, you know, try to get their proposals on the internet. There is a caution about this though because the proposal that they put on the internet for their company, you don't know if that proposal has been rejected 50 times or if that proposal has been successful. So, you know, you can do that. You could go to my company, which is SponsorConcierge.com. That's SponsorConcierge.com. We have some suggestions for writing the proposals. You could also schedule a strategy session with me that is completely free and complimentary, and I could talk to you about what you do, writing your proposal, you know, do your strategy for sponsors. So those are some ways to see what corporate sponsor proposals look like. Excellent, because I think that's the big thing is a sticking point. I mean, yes, you can put together that wish list, but it's the actual putting that proposal together, knowing what are the right pieces of the puzzle that will make that successful piece that you obviously then can take to the next step and start the negotiation. So let's talk about some of the things that you would actually put in the proposal and say that you will do for the potential sponsor? What are some of the kinds of things that you could offer as an author? Okay. Of course, your book. As an author, I strongly recommend that you have a website because sponsors are going to check out your website Social media presence is not enough because a lot of people call me and they say, well, I don't have a website yet, but I have a Facebook page. It's really not enough. You really need a website for credibility for the sponsors. So when you have that website, here's what you could do. You could put sponsor logos on your website and they pay you for that. You could also do blog posts for a sponsor. And I know I'm talking to authors, so, you know, (laughs) you can write. In your e-zine and email marketing, one of my clients gets paid. She sends out emails, and she puts the sponsor logo on the bottom of her emails with both her email newsletter and just any email. She says, sponsored by, and then there's a link to that particular sponsor. 
You can also be a spokesperson for a company, and spokespeople get paid very, very well. And as a spokesperson, you do media interviews for the sponsor. Sometimes they fly you to events, trade shows, etc. You can do press releases for your sponsor. Uh, you can do press releases very, very inexpensively. And all these things that I'm telling you to do are very low-cost but have a high perceived value to your sponsor. So press releases are very, very good. My favorite sources for press releases are prleads.com, prleads, and prnewswire.com. You can also do social media. Social media, remember I said it's not enough just to have social media presence. You need a website. But social media is absolutely mission critical now in the sponsor world because sponsors really want to expand their social media campaigns. That's really a prime directive now of sponsors. Also, video marketing is king with sponsors. So you can do videos, place them on YouTube, and integrate your sponsor into those videos. What else can we do? Award presentations. If you do actual events or if you do actual speaking, you could do award presentations. When you speak and when you promote your book, you could pass out the literature for your sponsors. You could pass out the marketing materials for your sponsors. You know, those are just kind of a few benefits that you could offer your sponsors. And remember, all those benefits are pretty low cost to you, but they really provide a lot of value to your sponsors. Oh, fabulous idea. Fabulous idea, Linda. So then, you know, you talked about the different range of sponsorship from 10,000 to 100,000. How would I even know what kind of price tag to put on these different elements of the uh, proposal? How do you start pricing all of this? Okay. Well, I'll give you a little bit of a primer. Of course, you know, I'd need to talk to everybody personally, but this is kind of a general rule of of how you can price your sponsorships. The general range that we have people ask for with sponsor fees is $10,000, $25,000, $50,000, and $100,000. So let's go one by one. So at the lowest level, you have what we call the visibility benefits. Now, that's kind of what I talked about. That's signage, that's logo placement, et cetera, where they're not really interacting with the brand, but they're just kind of getting a visual on the brand. The second level of sponsor benefits are the connection benefits. And connection benefits are where people are actually engaging with the brand. So you could do a contest for that brand. And contests are really, really cool, and they're so easy to do now with social media. So we had, uh, with one of my clients, we had a a show with your dirtiest dog contest because uh, he had a blog for dog lovers. And uh, the sponsor was Black & Decker, and they absolutely loved it because people would send in stories, they would send in photos, those kinds of things. So, you know, they're actually interacting with the brand. If you do physical events or you go around and speak, you could have the sponsor set up a table. You could introduce them or recognize them from the platform, and they can introduce you. So those are more of the connection benefits. The third level of benefits are media benefits. And remember... Traditional media is still viable in the sponsor world. So along with the digital media that we've talked about, there's also traditional media, print, newspapers. I'm telling you, they're not dead. (laughs) Magazines, Mm -hmm. journals, etc. 
radio, television, broadcast media, even if you could, you know, do something like this, podcast. Oh my God, podcasts are really, really viable right now. So you want to include media at the higher levels. And this is about your $50,000 level. So even if you have to spend a couple of thousand dollars to buy some media, they're giving you enough money that it makes that, you know, pretty feasible. And then at the top level, there's what we call naming rights. Naming rights. So when you see something like Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, Mercedes-Benz has bought the naming rights to that particular property. When you see the FedEx Golf Tournament, they have purchased the naming rights to that event. Let's see, until recently, the Westminster Kennel Club was sponsored by... uh, Oh, God, I think it was Purina, and now it's Pedigree. So, you know, those are naming rights sponsors where you see presented by in front of the name. So that's at the top level of sponsorships. It's funny when you're talking about the. I was trying to make this association between the dogs and Black and Decker. Help me with that one. Why, okay. why would they be interested in somebody who, you know, promotes dogs. Or okay. Dog I'm so glad you asked me that, Susan, because, you know, when people start to think of sponsors, they just kind of stay within their category. So mm-hmm. let's say, you know, my client had a blog for dog lovers. Let's say you have a book about how to train your dog. Okay. You're a great dog trainer and you write a book about how to train your dog. So you're going to think of companies like dog food, dog toys, etc. So I want you to think outside of your category because this client of mine, that's what he was approaching. He was approaching pet food sponsors and pet toys and things like that. And I said, hey, let's go out of category. You know, let's think of the lifestyle of that pet owner. Remember when I said demographics are destiny. So Mm -hmm. that pet owner has a bank account. So we approach bank sponsors. You know, that pet owner gets in a car, they buy insurance, they have credit cards. So the reason we got Black & Decker as a sponsor, and this is going to help everybody there. So if you're writing a book on dog training, you could get Black & Decker or those kinds of companies as sponsors because people have to clean up after their dogs. And Black Mm -hmm. & Decker makes small appliances. So they have a cordless vacuum and they have a mop uh, that cleans up after the pets and gets out the pet state. So that's why they were uh, a sponsor. That's a brilliant association because you're right. When I talk to authors about sponsorship, I always tell them to look within the category, but uh, that's actually making it far too narrow. Yeah, yeah. We want you to go, of course, you're going to, let's say that that person that's writing a book on dog training, of course, they're going to go in the pet industry for sponsors. But I want you to also go outside of the pet industry, because then you're going to be much more successful if you include both inside and outside your industry. And remember, the common denominator is the demographics, is your audience, you know, what's their lifestyle like? What do they buy other than pet supplies? Mm-hmm. That's why the demographics are so important. Very important. Something you said earlier, too, about that wish list, you know, the A list and the B list. And I always remember talking to a client and him saying how actually the B list are sometimes hungrier than the A list because the A list everybody goes to, you know, the big names. But it's the A list, we try harder group, the B list that are often hungrier and maybe more open to sponsorship. Can you talk more about that? Absolutely. 
And you are so right, Susan. There are so many opportunities in the second tier because I work with a company called Evolution Insurance Brokers. And, you know, nobody has heard of them, (laughs) but they Mm -hmm. needed me to get their name out because Evolution Insurance, it's not like Progressive or State Farm or Aflac, you know, where they're a brand name that, you know, at the top of name awareness and a household brand, Evolution Insurance needed to get their name out. So I did a five-figure deal with them. I can't reveal exactly how much it is. And when you get your sponsors, the amount of the sponsorship should remain proprietary. But man, they have money, the second tiers, and they need you more than the top tiers. And it's easier to get to the decision makers. So that being the case, somebody like this Evolution Insurance, who, as you say, haven't heard of, how do you find those B-list companies? How do you know which ones are the ones that are looking for this kind of exposure that, you know, (laughs) are hungry to have that connection? Well, in the case of Evolution Insurance, (laughs) it's interesting because I did an event. I did a Women's Small Business Expo for years, and actually they called me to do an exhibit booth, and I talked them into the five-figure sponsorship. So (laughs) it was kind of an interesting thing. So if anybody calls you, you could always talk them into a sponsorship. So that's when they Uh contact you. uh But, of course, they're not always going to contact you. So to really go for the second tiers, let's say you go for the insurance category. So go and do a Google search or whatever your favorite search tool is and search out insurance companies. And, of course, the big names are going to come up first. What we talked about, State Farm, Progressive, Farmers, those are going to come up first. But if you dig a little bit deeper in your category, those second tiers are going to pop up in your search. You know, And then just kind of keep your ear to the ground. And if there's some company that starts to do big ad campaigns, those are absolutely prime for sponsorship because you see they're spending money to introduce their company to the public and they've got a campaign going already. Mm, I like that idea. I'm thinking the wheels are turning because I'm like, I'm looking for a sponsor for this podcast, for instance. And I'm thinking, okay, where, where, which direction should I go with it? <laughs> so if somebody calls you and they want to, you know, just buy an ad, say, hey, well, we have a sponsorship uh, program that I think would be a whole lot better for you. And, you know, a lot of times my clients have upsold them in that way. I love it. So if our listeners want to get hold of you, how can they and what can they expect? Oh, okay. Well, what they could expect is that I absolutely love to talk to people one-on-one because everybody's doing something different. Everybody can offer something different. I would love to share my 15 years of experience in the sponsor world with you. I do this every day. I'm really, you know, in tune to the pulse of what's going on in the sponsor industry and the trends in the sponsor industry. And I have worked with a lot of authors and I'm an author myself. So I kind of know where you're coming from. So they can go to sponsor concierge.com. That's sponsorconcierge.com. At Sponsor Concierge, you can schedule a sponsor strategy session with me one-on-one. You can ask me a question. The email is lynda at sponsorconcierge.com. My toll-free phone number is 866-966-3624. You've got that down so well. And so <laughs> oh, and one more it's thing. Can I give people a gift? for me to re- repeat it. Can I give them a gift, Susan? 
Oh, my goodness. I'm sure they would love it. Okay. I'm sure they would love it. <laughs> so if you go to SponsorConcierge.com, on the upper right-hand corner, you could get the number one secret to getting sponsors, and that's my gift to you and your listeners. Oh, how lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, this has been amazing as usual. You know how I love our little interviews together and I always learn something, even if it's just being reminded of things that you've said before, but I just love to hear it. And sponsorship is one of my big categories that when I talk to authors about marketing is to say, hey, let's look at some possibilities and They are your potential clients, so hope to be able to send you some people that way. Uh, Thank you so much. So thank you, Linda. Would you just repeat that website again, that email address, so that everybody's got that? I would love it. The website is sponsorconcierge.com, and I'll spell that for you because sometimes people have trouble spelling the word concierge. So it's sponsor, S-P-O-N-S-O-R concierge, C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E dot com. If you want to send me an email, it's Linda at sponsorconcierge dot com. That's Linda at sponsorconcierge dot com. If you would like to call me, my toll-free number is 866-966-3624. And I am located in Los Angeles, California on Pacific Time. Perfect. Wonderful. So, Linda, you've been as a wonderful book marketing mentor, thank you for your generosity, for sharing with our listeners and look forward to hopefully having you back again and you can teach us some more about sponsorship. Oh, I would love to come back anytime. Susan, you are so wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. The time is now to take action and finally build your book-selling empire. And the great news is that Susan is here to help you. Visit bookmarketingmentors.com and sign up for a free 15-minute book marketing strategy session with Susan. She'll help you discover your first steps to marketing and selling your book. Only those who take action are rewarded, so visit bookmarketingmentors.com. And we'll see you again next week 